day? Good morning? Okay. What time is it, you guys? Good day and welcome to Generally Irritable. That's what we'll say because it's morning for me right now here in Central Texas. It's morning for our viewers in California, but it is noon on the East Coast. So good afternoon to my East Coasters. Uh, good morning to everybody else. I am super excited to be with you guys this Friday. I have a couple of guests, uh, new folks, new new voices that you haven't heard before. Uh, some folks here in Texas who I'm really excited to be interviewing today. Uh, you know, a lot of my focus has been on Vermont and some national issues, but you guys know my husband and I, we've got a place here in Texas too. And so, um, so we're really committed and we're really invested in making sure that Texas is, uh, is free too. So I just, I think it's interesting. Uh, so many of my friends in places like Vermont or New Hampshire think that Texas, uh, oh, well, it's a Republican state, so therefore it must be perfect and they don't have any problems. Uh, well, as you can imagine, any government that includes human beings is going to have problems and, and Texas is no different. Uh, you know, in Vermont, where it's primarily Democrat leadership, we see them overrunning Republicans and running roughshod on people to get their agendas passed. And, and in Texas, where it's primarily Republicans, we can see the same things happening in the local uh, and, and state politics. And so I just really wanted the opportunity to let everybody across the country know that the most important thing that you can do is just participate because no state, no city, no town is perfect. Nobody has uh, the best government officials that have ever existed because as many of you know, even when we're trying to do the right things, we can hurt people sometimes. Uh, we can make bad decisions. We can have a miscalculation or a misjudgment. So I think we really wanna hear from voices all across the country to hear what they're dealing with. And most importantly, this February, I really wanted to hear from black elected officials. We, Benjamin and I, you, you guys hear us talk all the time about black excellence, participating in your own self-governance, uh, helping each other's businesses and all of these things. And for me, as a person whose goal and purpose is to facilitate an engaged and informed electorate, I'm always looking for opportunities to reach out to the people who are not participating in politics. And so today I got a couple of my friends, uh, I'm gonna call them my friends anyway, they may not think that they're my friend, but I've, I've decided they're my friends, uh, who they're both city councilors from Colleen, Texas. And anybody who knows anything about Texas knows that Colleen is one of, I think it might be the largest military army base in the country, but, but uh, I bet they're gonna be able to correct me. Uh, Colleen is a massive city with a military base, which is a, like a city within the city. And so you've got counselors who are, who are, uh, who are uh, serving a wide range of, of races and cultures, and you've got male and female, you've got, you've got the military people, you've got the non-military, and it is so diverse and clean, you guys. If you drive down the streets of Colleen, it is not just white people, it is not just black people, and it's not just Hispanic people, which you'll find in a lot of Texas towns. I mean, it is literally 
every variety of Asian person, every, uh, you know, black people, Puerto Ricans, white. I mean, Colleen is literally the melting pot of the United States. And that's really why I was excited to have Counselor Gonzalez and Counselor Adams join me on the show. Uh, I'm about to bring them in. Oh, it looks like Jessica might be having a little trouble with her um, with her video, but uh, we'll get that figured out. Let's see, we got a little echo going on. Hey guys, hey Counselor Adams, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for hey, coming in. How are you this fine Friday? Uh, living a dream. And Amen. I, I kind of lose track of Friday since I'm retired. So it's. <laughs> <laughs> and you retired from the military, is that correct? I did. So why right don't you? Here. Why don't we start? Can a you hear me? Okay. Oh, we can hear you, Jessica. Let's see. We're we're gonna work out some technicals here. Let's see. Um, for folks who are. Hey, Jessica, if you can hear me, whenever we've got weird stuff going on with the stream, sometimes just leaving and coming back works. I know that sounds crazy, but it's the typical computer stuff. Turn it off and turn it back on and everything is fixed. Um, so we'll see if that works for her. Uh, okay, so Counselor Adams, was I right? Is, is Fort Hood the largest Army base in America? It is. It's actually it used to be considered the largest military installation in the free world. Um, oh, it's. I, I think Camp Humphreys may rival it, but at one time you had a hundred thousand soldiers here. Holy um, moly! That's kind oh of changed. So, but we still have the largest population of military. Now, I will. I, I do have to slightly correct you if you don't mind. Okay, fix me. Fix me. So, Fort Hood is a federal installation that is adjacent oh. to. Oh. Colleen is just we claim it just like they claim us. Um, but, but having, technically you're separate. Yes, because okay. our police don't enforce law on Fort Hood, and Fort Hood can can't enforce law. Oh so it's two separate sovereignties in this like and so I it's like basically like federal. So basically it's like this is a little tiny piece of federal land inside of Texas, and Texas bug off. I wouldn't say tiny. It's like 360 square miles. Oh, my, <laughs> oh my God, for real? So yes. holy moly. So Fort Hood really is just a massive beast. Yes. Okay. And so so you're not, so Colleen City Council would not be um, overseeing the, uh, the base, right? But you definitely yes. have consequences from being adjacent to it. Yes, it's like we have a shared relationship. That's right. why we mm. we get invited and we participate in things on base, and the and the and the base leadership come and participate things in the community. So there's a good partnership um, that's maintained. Even our the military police and our the clean police department they work together on things that are related to mutual interests. Got it. Got it. Got Within it. The okay. Law, of course. So they, <laughs> All right, so let's take a couple minutes. Why don't you each give our viewers now? Okay, so you're both counselors in uh, in Colleen City Councilors. So why don't you just take a couple minutes to share with our viewers, you know, uh, your, your your name, where you're from, and what had you? And actually, if you don't mind sharing your political persuasion too, this is one of the things that I think is going to be fun, particularly with you guys. 
because I don't think either of you necessarily fit into a box. So this is going to be a fun conversation. So just uh, Jessica, we're going to start with you because ladies first. So, um, you know, give us give us a little bit your uh, what what district you're in and, uh, you know, kind of a little bit about your background, where you're from and then why you decided to run for city council. Sure, sure. So um, my name is Jessica Gonzalez. I'm city council representative for the city of Colleen District one, which is also known as our north side or historical district here. Um, I am from this area originally. My father did uh, three tours of Vietnam, retired from this area. He was here when it was wow. Camp Hood way, way back in the day. Um, but this is definitely <laughs> home for me. I, I graduated from Colleen High School. Um, and so definitely this is home. Um, so what prompted me to decide to run for office was because I grew up with this mentality that you're not allowed to just uh, talk about it. You have to be about it. And if there's something mm. that you see uh done or something that you needed to that you see that needs to change or improve or you want to be a part of then you owe it to yourself and to that tug in your heart to just go ahead and take part of it so i remember having a conversation with my parents or listening to them have a conversation and now that i was older with children and they were having the same conversations that they were having when i was young and i was like wait a minute why is this happening and so i had all these great ideas and i was like well maybe we could do this or somebody should try that and they were like what are you going to do about it Mm. And so, um, yeah, I that, love that. Yeah, so I had a call to action and, and just looking around at the, our, my city and um, there were some things that I felt that, you know, with my background um, with uh, communication and sales and just being able to negotiate and I felt that I was a good bridge builder um, and mm. that's what our city needed and that's what we need um, in this moment and I felt that I would be able to do that effectively for the city of Colleen and start remending uh, old relationships and connecting our dots and getting our team on a progressive, you know, path forward. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of opportunity here. So I Fantastic. just want to grow and do well. Yeah. All right, Jessica, say just like, now, are you, did you run under a party? Did you, now so, city council is not, city council and Colleen is not uh, partisan, right? Correct. But do you would you say if you were if you were going to say center left or right where would you say you fall on the spectrum um circular center right and left depending on the circumstances <laughs> fair enough center i like it see that's what i was like i know you're what there's a lot of americans that i think are somewhere in the middle 100%. and kind of will step onto either side depending on the topic and yes. so i so that's what i think most americans are that way you know, um, I, now, I agree with you. I, I think that it's very important, you know, um, that we take things issue by issues, you know, broad stroking certain things, right? You're like, you have to really look at each issue as it relates to you, your community, your, your family, and how that, the, the end result. So, so exactly. Issue by issue. <laughs> exactly. Now, Councillor Adams, when uh, Councillor Gonzalez was talking and she said, I grew up, I was told, you know, don't just talk about it, be about it. And I saw you go like a big nod <laughs> with your head. So uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about you, your background and uh, and why that why why that little comment resonated with you so much? Um, I, so <clears throat> I was born and raised in Washington, D.C. Um, uh, I was a. a <laughs> I did volunteer work. I was a community service person. I was I worked people's campaigns when I was little, um, and I when I joined the military, of course, I stepped back from politics. Um, so I wanted to serve my country, 
uh, my first duty station as an officer was actually here in at in, at Fort Hood, uh, and that was also my last duty station. So I lived in Colleen in 2000, left, came back, then came back again. Um, and so, like many of my comrades, you know, we liked Colleen enough that we're going to stay here, or we just didn't want to move anymore. Either way, we still chose to stay here in Colleen. So this is home. This be this has become home. I, so I, I, I totally agree with that's. I think that's why me and Jessica mesh well. Uh, I instead of sitting back and complaining about something, and I found myself having a whole lot of ideas, um, and not mentioning them, and they're not getting presented. So I said, okay, I'm going to take a chance um, and mm -hmm. present my ideas because I, I, I think. I think I consider myself a, a collaborator. So mm -hmm. if I can get, if my ideas aren't the be all end all, so if I can reach out to you, get your idea, somebody else, their idea, and we can all come together and make it a put good something thing. beautiful together. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, a word I used to hate in the military was synergy, but it, it works. <laughs> we can synergize because, and that goes in also my, my, my leanings. I've been center right, I've been center left, but I'd like to say I, I tend to stay in the center. Um, and I like the fact that city at the lowest, I don't wanna say lowest level, but yeah, I guess at the, the closest level to the people, we're nonpartisan. Yes. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of I kind of feel like maybe it should be that way because so many of these conversations or the conversations that I hear about on the local level are not about left and right. It's about how do we allocate the resources? How do we make sure our bridges don't fall down? Is right. the water clean? You know, and that right. the side of the aisle that you're on or how you identify doesn't matter when it comes to that stuff. How sure. do we serve our constituency? Yes. And, and I, so and I, patriotism before politics should exist at all levels. Because we salute <laughs> the same flag, we pledge allegiance to the same flag. Um, I think yes. I mentioned this when we, we talked before. Uh, Stalin said the best way to take over America is from within. And if we keep fighting each other because one of us wear a red shirt, one of us wear a blue shirt, green shirt, or whatever else, that just that tells our enemies, oh, they are totally just, mm -hmm. discombobulated. Well, and you know, I love that you I love that you said that, Counselor Adams, because I feel like race is another way that they are really trying to divide Americans, mm -hmm. you know, as if, as if you guys, and I'm saying you guys, cause I'm, cause you're on the show with me as if black people don't have the same concerns about their family, about their businesses, about their community as white people. Like, right. obviously there are some differences, right? When, when you start dealing with some cultural stuff or whatever, sure. There are some differences, but, on the base level, doesn't everybody pretty much want the same thing? Uh, safe, I, I, safe streets, clean water, enough money to feed their family. Yes, I mean, there's no difference. other way to say it. It's, it's like it doesn't matter what what shade of your skin is. Your, the water is still clear, or if it's if it's a blue sky, the water's blue. Uh, the trash <laughs> still stinks and need to be picked up and dumped. It doesn't. Um, yeah, fundamentally, I, we do. We all want the same things for our families. Um, I think the challenge comes when it's not equally 
distributed or equally provided to everyone. But um, right. ultimately, though, we all want the same thing. And so as let's just let's just stick with Colleen. Right. So it, obviously it, it, it can be hard sometimes to talk in generalizations when with with a country of 330 million people, 50 states and who knows how many cities and towns with different issues. Right. But let's just take Colleen as an example. Did is there conversation or do you find that there is anything that gets in the way of you being effective because of the color of your skin. I think that, let me, let me preface my question, this next set of questions a little bit. I hear all the time in the news, oh, well, black people don't participate because they don't have any access or because they don't know how to use the internet. I mean, some of the stuff you hear people say why black people don't participate in government is just downright racist. And it is shocking to me, but as, like, do you see yourselves as black city councilors? Do you see yourselves as different or like having some special extra obligation as leaders in your community? So I am a councilwoman who happens to be black, <laughs> right? Like, so that's not okay. the first thing that I'm leading okay. with. That's, that's not uh, what I'm leading with because that's not what's important. The idea is to be able to have uh, cohesive thoughts, to have uh, concise and clear uh, mission and vision, and then to be able to really get out there and help affect the change. So that's how I look at it um, when it comes to that. Now, for me in my district, I'd say socioeconomically, that's where my challenges are, right? Like, so, um, you know, we have a very diverse population here in the city of Colleen. Um, right. You mentioned that earlier on, you know, when you first started, and that's the beautiful thing about our city. That's the one thing I am the most, there's a lot of things to be proud about, but that's what I'm most proud about is the fact that we are a very diverse community here. Um, but on my side of town, North side, it is the historic side of town. It does, uh, at one point in time, it was the area that was the desired area that was the up and coming area where people were living, but now so mm. we've we've kind of transitioned a little bit. It's uh, the grocery stores have moved away. So I do have a food desert in my, my neighborhood and um, mm. we've got folks that are challenged uh, financially. It's not the poor side of town like people think because a lot of these folks that are here are the originals here that retired military families and uh, they're still here so there is a misconception but socioeconomically i think is where i find my challenges and it's not a black white thing um with our population as diverse as it is in this town um socioeconomic excellent all right on well, how, i'm at the and my my district tends to be a little bit more well to do as a percentage of those who are at a um a more comfortable i mean because I, I hate saying higher and lower uh because that, that denotes caste but um mm. i have a larger percentage of people that are more in a more comfortable uh socioeconomic status and it and it matters not when i walk outside of my neighborhood a next door neighbor might be one my next door neighbor across the street they're a mixed couple next door neighbor to the left same, they're both uh, African Americans. Next door neighbor to right, a Latino. Their next door neighbor, a Vietnamese, Samoan. Go down. My my neighborhood right now is almost like United Nations. It's it is <laughs> totally. Yeah, it, it, so that's a good point, <laughs> That is. I love that. Um, that's a beautiful. And I have a small area that is also it's that is a it's my, the northern my most northern area that uh, that abuts Jessica's district. 
is also is my lowest, um, not lowest, has the not so comfortable social economic area. Um, and so I, it's, I think it's more important to give them more attention, but not forget about everyone else, but let these folks know. And I know we're talking about voting. If that's the area that does not vote as much because they don't think right. anybody cares. Ah, see, okay, this is where, okay, so this is where we're gonna go next, you guys. I love that because Joe said center or left or right does not matter. It's a, we have to worry about the welfare state, you know, but economics over politics, right? Like that, that deal about economics to me, it's, that's really more personally where I see a lot of the problems in this country is it's not black, white, it's not man, woman, it is, it is rich, poor. It's this right. disconnect yes. of how do we, how do we make sure that, you know, the most vulnerable are not left to just la languish right? And make sure that the most vulnerable have what they need without having this, like a, like a caste system, like they mm -hmm. do in some other countries. Right. right. And, right. And, and caste systems are intended to keep people in the same area. There's really no upward mobility. Um, and and so, so when we think about, when we're talking about voting demographics, okay, so we can admit I think we can be reasonable people in this conversation and say that when we're looking at economics, there are certain demographics that are still higher than others, right? Now in Colleen, doesn't matter as much. Generally speaking, uh, minority, uh, racial minorities in the United States vote less. They participate less. Uh, poor people participate less. They vote less. And they're the ones that have the most to lose or most to gain from participating. So why is it, do you think that 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 black Americans or or folks of lower socioeconomic status, especially like you're seeing Colleen, why do you like why do you think it is that they don't participate? Why do you think it is that by and large there's less black uh, participation in elections and voting and running for office and all that stuff? I think it's generational. It's, a, it's like a generational mm. curse. Uh, mm. My grandmother was, or grand, not mine, but let's say that person's grandparents or great grandparents were denied to vote or they didn't fight for it. Um, mm. The next, or their per, their grandparents were people fighting for it, and maybe they see that's not nothing I want to get into, or oh, we got we got what we need, so there's no need to worry about it anymore. It's like uh, people arrive and we don't have to fight anymore. So like, now the fight like it's is good enough about social economics than as opposed mm -hmm. to whether you're black or white or, or, or brown, green or whatever, and you vote. Um, and it's, it's, and when that, when that propagates over uh, generations and you get to where we are now and the apathy is like, it's, it's almost apathy. like it's a brain. Yes. I feel like that that word apathy is something that we no matter what demographic of non-voters we're talking about, that word comes up every single time. They don't understand why it matters to them or they think that they don't like that they have no control. So, right. right. So I would I would chime into that and say, yes, um, it's it's partly partly that. Right. Um, but then also there's a lot of things that are happening that are so overwhelming. So what, um, in a lot of conversations um, that I've found is that our turnout 
um, typically, if you're looking at a family, we're talking about socioeconomics, right? And so if you're talking yeah. about a family that is financially disenfranchised, uh, maybe mobility challenged and for a number of reasons, um, mm. those things tend to hinder. So when you're looking at make survival mode or paycheck to paycheck, you know, yeah. uh, what are the things that are important to you? And if you feel that disenfranchisement or you feel that your vote doesn't count or doesn't matter, um, what do you focus on if these, if you don't know what, mm. how these things that are on day to day really affect you and relate to you and why they're important? Because some, a lot in my situation in my district, for example, I've got a lot of people that are focused on survival mode. And while this is extremely important to their survival, when you're talking about literal food on the plate versus under taking time to attend a council meeting and understand what's going on and getting involved, there's really not a lot of time for that. So we have to, be and they don't see, at. right. And so it's like, they don't see, well, if you actually took the time, there would be a way to maneuver. So maybe things wouldn't be so bad in theory. Right. So it's like, there's a disconnect number one between what power I think people actually have. Right. But then also, you know, you guys are pretty smart. You Have you heard of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Yes. Oh, of yes. Okay. Right. So this is something I think you learn in like college psychology or whatever it is, right? You Maslow's hierarchy of needs for, for our viewers. Um, it's this, it's this thing in psychology where it says like, you know, the baseline for survival being a human is like food, shelter, you know, Right, exactly. And at the top of the pyramid is what's called self-actualization, right? right? So it's like, I got survival needs, and then maybe there's some community needs, and then at the top is self-actualization. And that's the part that you hear Americans talking about all the time, like, I want to do a job I love and purpose, right? Like, I am a fully formed human being. I'm self-actualized. Okay, so... If you're if if we've got a, you know a majority of Americans that are stuck down in this bottom section of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? If they're just getting by day to day, they're 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 working, they're eating, they're making sure their kids got their homework done. They're not learning new languages. They're not going out there trying to better themselves necessarily. They're just they're so focused, right? So. Is there a way to like bridge that to help those folks who are kind of staying in that, who are kind of stuck in that, in that lower economic tier, maybe in those lower parts of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Is there a way to get them to kind of lift their eyes and say, I understand that this feels like the most important thing, but this also affects these things? There is actually I, I wrote a paper on this in my doctoral class. Oh, <laughs> so, all right. So I asked the I asked the right guy the question. Apparently, it, see Maslow's um, hierarchy. There's a if, when you approach it with a more conceptual view, and you touch on each need as you deal with each need or take each day, then that self actualization mm. can the, the, your reality becomes better. Um, mm. and you understand what your reality is, but you and Jessica actually put something together that there, there's this one key piece and, and I, so everybody know in Texas, one key piece, city council has no control, direct control over this. And that's our education. Mm. If you tell that second, third, fourth grader about voting and how important it is mm. when they turn 18, when, cause we don't touch on civics. 
I, I know when I was in elementary school, when we went to go vote for our student government officers for like our region of the district, we used voter, um, the same polling station I would see when I'm 18, I was seeing it when I was in elementary school. That's cool. To even bring up that idea here is like blasphemy. No, they can figure that out later. But that's too late at that point. It's like, I'm, I'll be 50 this year. I should be training the next person, whether he, they're two, three, four, five, six, seven, or eight years old. Hey, this is the city council. This is the school board. This is your county commission. How it all this works. Is when you vote. This is, we, we don't have those conversations at an earlier late age so you can break that paradigm or... And you can start that self-actualization in the in as it relates to civics. And of course, and when I talk about it, bringing it all together, each time you apply Maslow's, you apply it to a different thing instead of all of you, because we're in reality. Mm. Once, once you have reached your true self-actualization, it's probably time for you to. We're probably singing our last but goodbyes. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I agree that, um, and Rock hit the nail on the head, the education piece is a huge component. That's number one, right? And that's the one thing, like you said, we don't have direct control over um, with that civics lessons. So you asked if there's a way to bridge the gap. And I, I do believe this, and, and I, I, I'm always like cautiously optimistic and just very hopeful that we can get it together. But, but when we're looking at bridging the gaps, there is a way, right? And so um, you know, it starts at home. We always say that, but again, everybody's home is different, right? So we can't necessarily rely on that. But there are a lot of yeah. organizations within the community. Um, and like I said before, you have to meet people where they are. Um, so that means I'm going to mm -hmm. my, uh, to these areas and I'm, I'm chatting with people and having conversations um, over, uh, you know, barbecue or as we're just talking in general and explaining that there is a way that they can they can see themselves out and how this is important to them. So taking the community resources to the people, yes. getting them out of mm. silos. This is one of the biggest things that our council collectively has been focused on, but this is something that I've been pushing for a long time is getting everybody from operating in their silos. There's no mm. right, left, red, blue center. This is just, you've got a resource. These people have a need. Can we pull all of the resource providers together and get them to the people who have a need? Let's yes. meet them where they are. Right. Let's meet them where they are and then start to have these conversations. Now, um, the education piece is essential. And th since we cannot get it in schools, then that's ultimately where we I don't know, Councilman Adams, you can say, but where I find myself is I'm going into my district and, and educating yeah. people on the process. And even though you don't have time to come in, I get it because, you know, when it comes to going to school functions and if you're a single parent and all the time, I understand. But what can you do is. If there's a challenge, you can write a letter, you can send an email, you can send it to me and I can read it on the record for you, right? Yes. So if there's something that's important to you, uh, politically, there's so much going on, right? We're gonna four alarm fire nationwide, right? There's a lot happening all around. Oh my God, girl, that is so true, yep. But if I tell these people, don't get overwhelmed, I'm talking to my constituents and my friends and my family, don't get overwhelmed, focus on your family, mm -hmm. what's yep. important to you and your family's needs right now in this moment. And then let's break it down to the smallest, you know, denomination. Let's say, okay, here. So, is it education? Is it uh, is it better jobs? Is it creating more opportunities? Is it, you know, what is it for you? And then we'll figure out what that one thing is, and then let's just you focus on that one thing for your family, and and get active there. Write your letters there, uh, vote there, and start there.
Right. And that's what I feel like I tell people all of the time, start local. Don't don't like, obviously, I want people to be participating in voting for the president and Congress people and all of that stuff. So don't don't mishear me here. But I feel like if if people started participating in local elections and, and paying attention to local stuff, a lot of the national federal stuff would start to work itself out. Uh, because we would be focused on our communities. We would realize how much the federal government is actually preventing us from being, this is my opinion. It's my, this, is, <laughs> this is the opinion of generally irritable, not Counselor Adams or Counselor Gonzalez. Uh, you know, to me, like they're, they're doing so much wild <laughs> stuff on the federal level. And you're just like, oh my God, we got freaking, we got chemical spills, we got war, we got all this stuff. It's and it's like- happening. <laughs> But And I think a lot of the reason why the federal government is able to get away with a lot of this nonsense is just general lack of participation. And if we were able to encourage self-governance on a local level, I think it would really just start to like work itself out on the way up. I, I agree with you. I, and I think, Grant, when, we, when the country was formed, it was formed at a, with a central government. Mm. Um, but with the idea that that central government be based off of our local governments. And I think we've gotten away from, so I had to remind some folks that if we're not careful, the federal government becomes more authoritarian. Mm -hmm. If you put up an, ex an organizational chart, at the top of the chart is supposed to be the citizens. And, yep. and not to sound, hope this doesn't sound wrong or egotistical, but then it's your city councils, then it's your county. So each level yes. that goes wider actually works for that next smaller level instead right. of the yes. other way around. Instead of the other yeah. way around. Mm -hmm. The federal government is supposed to be all the way down here, yeah. like anybody. Like even, I would say even in the army, your your higher ranks get smaller as you go up. That makes sense. I see what, there's less generals than there are infantry, basically. Yes, yes. And and if, because when you have that many, it, it I, well, I also think, and this is my own personal view, that, you know, we have term limits at council. We definitely should have them at the national level, at the state, and at the state level. A reasonable term oh, limit. Yeah, reasonable um, term limits. Yeah. You know? I, I, yeah. <laughs> like, Even if it means you sit down for a while. You and then your service as yeah, an elected official should yeah. not allow you with these additional benefits as the same as the people that either been police officers or in the military. I'm like, why, why does, why does a congressperson who's there for four years get insurance for better insurance than I have for life? Plus they get retirement pension, yes. $200,000 a year. I, I'm like, why are you living better? I'm paying your Paycheck. Why, right. why are you living better than me? And that's supposed to be a part-time job, mind you. That, oh, oh, you're gonna get I'm getting all fired up now. This stuff gets me so I'm a big term limit person. Uh, because I just don't think like government service is supposed to be that service. It's yes. not supposed to be a get rich scheme, it's yes. not supposed to be a job or a career. It is supposed to be an opportunity for us to serve our neighbors and our community. And me and Jessica not, can attest, serving on city council, you're not going to get rich. You don't get hurt. <laughs> there's no, you, you know. It is, there's no, it's definitely not giving our time <laughs> and our energy to serve us, our, um, our citizens. 
I actually had we've had citizens tell us, oh, you're when are your office hours? Well, I don't have an office, one. Two, I have a cell phone, and when I'm able Whenever. I try to give myself <laughs> at least 24 to 72 hours to respond. Yeah. Uh, my office I, hours are when I'm not doing other things. Because right. And, <laughs> or and when I'm, I'm not at my that, job or I'm retired. I do have other things going on, but it seems for me, it tends to be council stuff to takes precedent over a lot of other stuff, but other council members may have jobs. Right. And they, right. they like still I know, find a way to sacrifice their time to take time off. Well, see, oh, okay, see, hold That's on. Easy. Okay, see? Yeah. Okay, see, this is, okay. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. I, it is a sacrifice. It's huge sacrifice. And that's people, people are like, oh, I don't want to do it because I'm busy or I got this going and I don't, I'm, I'm on this and I'm on whatever. And I'm like, I understand what you're saying. And I, you know, was involved in politics for a few years. And this, this fall and spring, I'm really focusing on my business. Um, I want to be stinky, stinking, filthy rich. And, uh, you know, Benjamin and I have a goal of living off of 10% of our income. So not being able to give away, donate 90% of our income. And now if I'm going to do that, I have to focus some time on my business. I got to yeah. focus some time on my whatever, but that does not change the fact that I'm going to take the time to do my show and educate people. That doesn't, I'm going to still show up to the, to the events and, and learn more. I'm still going to educate myself because I understand the importance of self-governance. I am directly affected and I see the effect of the decisions being made by my city, by my state, my county, and the federal government. Like there's like four levels of government at least that we're affected by, right? right? So you gotta do something. And so, okay, so I'm gonna ask you guys a couple of the uh, couple of questions that are the off color ones that are like, I'm gonna risk offending everybody. And so hopefully, you know, you guys will give me some grace and, and we'll be good with this. Um, because one of the things, you know, you talked a little bit, uh, Counselor Adams, earlier about one of the reasons people don't participate is apathy or a lack of, um, like, being encouraged to do it, right? If they're not taught in their family, if they don't have civics in school. So given the fact that there has been so much done to the Black community, Black Americans, over the course of decades uh, and centuries in this country, to me, I would think if I were a black person, this was what I asked Benjamin a couple of years ago. I said, I do not understand why black people trust the government. I don't understand why they don't participate given, you know, the Tuskegee experiments, you know, just that's like the most famous thing that everybody knows was terrible, but that's not it. Um, you have the way you have the black millionaire story about how black Wall Street was destroyed. Um, you have all the civil rights issues. You have the way um, that the government as far as we can tell, allegedly, possibly, had uh, Malcolm X and MLK assassinated. You know, there's like all this stuff. And I'm like, why does any black person trust the government? If you, if, like, what, what, okay. I don't know if I made a question out of that, but it's just one of those things I just don't understand. I'm like, why? Um, and to me, I would think you'd be like anti-establishment or you'd want to be in the government. You'd want to participate because so much damage was done to your community or people who look like you. Yeah. So 
what do you think is the disconnect? See, that's to me, that's how my brain works. What do you think is the disconnect there? I, I, I think if one of the ways for those people that don't want black people to vote is to give that narrative that the government can't be trusted. Mm. Um, it's you're wasting your time doing this. We saw it in the last few elections mm. uh, on social media, how people were discounting voting or making up stories. Um, and then, so in some areas, and it's not even, I, I'm going to add in, not just because it's really the, the, the lower income black people and lower income folks in general, mm. their news source or their information source is limited. And that, that particular source has the narrative and can shape the narrative because um, he who controls the airways tend to controls the mind in too, too many instances. And I think that is what happened when you have one person that's selling snake oil in your neighborhood and he's saying, he or she is saying the government is bad. You're going to think, don't vote. Don't. See, I think, see, I think the opposite. If the government is bad, we got to vote. That means I got to go so, run for office and I got to go do something. That's true. But if, if somebody is telling if your only source about the government is telling you that is bad, then you're going to think it's bad. So you've created some levels in history of there's different levels of yes. thought and belief, right? This disenfranchisement that has happened and there's no excuses. It's the reality of the thing when you start looking at the 15th Amendment, when uh, just black men were given the right to vote and then in the civil rights movement when they were given the right to vote and we start looking at uh, to Malcolm X's ballot or the bullet, you know, bullet, you know, that whole speech that he gave regarding how important it was to take part uh, civically and engage. Um, there's there's levels of people's trust of the government. There's levels of people's understanding of how important it is to be involved. And when you have a group of people, and it's not just black people, people of color who have been um, disenfranchised for so many years, for so long, unfortunately that starts to bleed in. So you have this, not a, you know just one group that believes mm. one way, but there are so many levels of your uh, belief and your so it's like ingrained your understanding of that right yeah so yeah and then it gets passed down and then of course then you start adding in all of the other factors that affect this mm. um how do you how do you trust how do i know that my vote's gonna count you've tried to take it away uh you've mm. taken things away like how do what's the point um then if you've been fighting for 200 400 years consistently um since the 60s consistently same conversations they were having in 1960s we're having today, like at some point, I don't know how people didn't just quit and give up. I do know now that I'm <laughs> active and adult and involved civically. Um, I understand when you said like it's in our blood and our, we're just, we're just, it's part of my makeup. It's part of my DNA. Um, it's bred, it was bred into me. Um, but I do understand how people get frustrated. And so we have to learn to rebuild, or we have to work to rebuild that trust. But and it's that's, not going to happen from the top down. It's going to happen at where we are right now at this level that we're at. It's going to happen at your level being that um, engaged in that, you know, your, talk, yep. your show that you have educating the masses, us being there engaged with our constituents. It happens at that level. That's, yeah, that's, that's Benjamin and I, I heard this term several years ago that I didn't fully understand at the time, but it's but it starts to become more relevant as we go along and I learn more. Um, cultural PTSD. And, mm. and when I first heard that, I was like, man, that sounds like some gobbledygook nonsense, whatever. Right. Like, cause I always 
like personal responsibility is something that's ingrained into me, right? Like I think the three of us on this, on this, in this talk right now, probably were raised with parents who told us that it was important to participate, who told us we were responsible for our community, who ingrained these things, who told us why it was important to vote. I'll speak for myself, but it sounds like the two of you had the for same experience. Yeah. Um, so we had that in our family, right? But if right. you, the kind of, some of the stuff you were just describing, Jessica, that the two of you were just describing over the course of years, having gone through all this stuff, that to me is what's meant by cultural PTSD. It's just generation after generation, instead of being inculcated with this obligation to help your community like we were, other folks here, well, screw them, we've been screwed, who cares, keep to yourself, or even just nothing. And so because the, it, because it wasn't inculcated into the community and into the culture, this is just what we're left with. Do you think that, does that make sense to you guys? What do you think about that? Go, go ahead, Ron. You wanna go ahead? Yeah, go ahead, sir. Um, <clears throat> I, was, I was hoping you would, but I was getting my thoughts together. Okay. <laughs> well, no, I do, I think that's, well, I do. I, I mean, that's I, basically I, like, I, I, yeah, it's basically I, I, I what you guys it's, described. It's a part of it, right? Like I still yeah. think it's, unfortunately, historically, it's not the whole picture, but there is a level of PTSD. Right. There is a level of this disenfranchisement. Then that then forms that level of apathy that then forms this level of, I'm dealing with these socioeconomic issues and I don't trust the government and I don't trust. So, but then there are these people that are currently right now fighting hard again, like, you're fighting hard for education, for better improved education. You're fighting hard for improved jobs and workforces for people to make, you know, be able to have a, what's it, well, I don't even like that term, livable wage, but anyways, to be able to, to provide <laughs> for themselves and their families and live the yes. lifestyle that they choose to live. Um, yeah. There's people that are working really hard with that. So again, this is a big, big challenge. So again, without making excuses and just saying, okay, we realize what the thing is. How do we fix it? Like, how do we yes. get past that? So yes. again, that's why I 100% believe that until we have more conversations like this and we get yeah. people at a table who are not like talking, just talking about it, but they're actually being about it. So we take all of the people who are resource providers and explain to them and that there is room for everybody. So if you have a resource and you have a church or you have an organization, you get together and then you put those troops on the ground to figure out how you can maximize your efficiency together. And then you yeah. do that. So at the level here for us as, um, as city council members, we have a thing called the Texas Municipal League, right? So it's beautiful because it brings council members from all over the state of Texas. And we get to go centrally, share ideas, talk about challenges, hear success stories. And then guess what we do? We come back and we take the best practices and then we put them on the ground, right? So that, so, but to get this machine going and, and the thing is gonna be getting everybody on the same page to realize yeah. that this is not a career. <laughs> this is not a, and you have to be in for the real, for the right reasons because you want to actually yeah. affect real change. If we can find enough people who are really have their hearts for this type of thing and for this service, um, I do believe that we can start to meet people where they are. And I think that it is possible because, yeah. you know, we say we the people, we have the power. Um, they just need to realize how they can use it and how they can use their voice even if they got a lot going on. <laughs> this you know? is what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking yeah. about.
Your, your, uh, your, the question that I, I forgot the gentleman said something about the welfare state. Um, I, you can't have a democracy without it being, actually you can't have any government without it being having some type of welfare, which, and that's not me supporting welfare. So in a sense of welfare as in a handout to people from the government, uh, it tends to be that people that are not working uh, is what people tend to think about welfare state. So mm. this goes back and adding to what Jessica talked about and what I mentioned earlier about the generational curse. If your grandfather, grandparents, or grandmother was on welfare, you have now you're saying the government is going to take care of you. Now mm -hmm. your your parents are on welfare. Now you're on welfare. <laughs> and and in that time, if whatever party that supports that welfare, you're not even showing up to vote um, because you're you, mm. you have this belief that everybody else is still going to take care of you. And that's what I think is the problem with a welfare state in the fillers is when that one individual does not step up to feed to help out everybody else you have your individual talents and you're saying oh so that same people and i've seen this campaigning when i tell somebody oh you gotta vote for somebody in school board well i don't have any kids well they 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 say i'm still taking your money and you, I, you have to oh still have a say. So if well, you also, don't like, vote, don't you want a well-educated public? This one. Yes. Oh my God! I'm sorry, I totally interrupted you. Sorry. sorry. And it's and it, and it goes back to like you just said, well-educated public. But it's that mindset somewhere the the wires are being crossed, and you know I, I'm starting to see these um, with my 50th birthday coming up. I'm starting to see more of these um, Facebook videos about. Uh, the, about Generation X. I never really paid attention to what generation I'm in, but as they describe it, talk about how we drank from a water hose, how we were, we wanted to do stuff. We wanted to fight for change. We wanted to fix things. We were now the generation before us or the generation, well, the generation after us tends not to, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and no, nothing against, nothing against that. But these are coincidentally starting to pop up. I don't know if Alexa or or oh, cancel is, is or something is listening. Some AI is listening to me say this, and it's making it come up. But you know, when you have in, in America as a whole, our education system has started to falter. Mm -hmm. um, our and and you see that co that correlates with our education system. I mean, our economic system. Our political mm. system, <clears throat> we're starting to see more mob rule as opposed to promoting democracy. Now, let's just go protest. Mm. <clears throat> if you're not going to protest at the polls, what is the other protest doing? Except oh, for good golly, this, this is what I'm talking about. Thank I, you. I might be all for what your protest is, but I'm also going to stand here with a sign that says vote, vote. But if you can raise... I, I don't know if it's not an FCC coverage. I don't, you can raise hell <laughs> about another issue, but then when come November 4th, when November 4th come, you're quiet. You bet. What, right. Why? Why? You know, that's so the thing those, that's so strange. Thousands of people that march uh, down to a police station, at a courthouse, or anything else, or at a government mansion, but no matter what side of the spectrum you're on. <clears throat> political spectrum you're on, if you're not marching down to the polls 
to replace that person because we shouldn't be killing each other to replace them. We shouldn't be That's harming right. them. We shouldn't be threatening each other. Because That's the beauty of civilization. It shapes me when you're walking with that flag and you're going to go do harm to somebody because their political views are different. And then I know that there are some people that sit back and watch that and say, I don't want to be a part of that. But, you know, so it's it's like... It's political violence. That's right. that's part of we the all, thing. That's not what this country is supposed to be about. That's right. That's right. We're not supposed to make change. This is why we have free and fair elections. And if you don't think you have free and fair elections, you know what you do? You go volunteer to be a ward clerk or yeah. a district clerk so or whatever. See the process and be a part of that and, process. And, that affects and then don't the sit back and say, oh, right. the state legislature taking away, hurting our right to vote, but you never go down to Austin to, 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 to talk to the committee. Or when it's time to elect your state legislatures, you don't vote. When you don't vote, you're saying every time that they vote for a bill that takes something away from you, you're saying, take it. I'm all for it. Can I chime in there? Because I think you said something that's very important, bringing it back to our local level. When we start talking about um, the relationship now between the local and the state and then federally with our representatives, um, there's a huge misunderstanding as to how important those relationships are, right? Um, when you're talking about what the city can do um, as far as um, finances and creating um, a pool of uh, to, uh, money to pull from, where does that come from? Well, again, mm. we have to have good working relationships with our state representative who represents our districts here in this area. We have to have a very strong relationship with our federal representatives because also those are the people that help us be able to tap into those funds that are coming from the federal government and from the state to be able to do more for our city. So again, um, that's something that we were missing here at one point, but I'm very glad that, again, we've been very proactive. We've been hitting the ground hard, uh, mending those relationships and, and bringing people to the table and having those conversations about how are you gonna help us help our people? Because <laughs> we're not in this alone. We can only do so much as council members, but when we start to bridge those gaps, now all my citizens that are complaining about you know jobs and opportunities, well, that's great. Now, that's not my, necessarily my job as a council person, but my job is to sell this city and also to make sure that they have good infrastructure and all those things. But And make it so so businesses want to be there, so that they want to do business, so that you right. can have the good jobs and you can have the d -d 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 economic development. Yeah, for that economic development, they need to know that we're here. So taking the uh, reins on that has been something I'm very proud about because uh, we've brought so many people to... Um, I brought so many people to the city of Colleen to cross promote our city and then turn them over to the respective departments that can help them grow or establish their business here. And so we have a lot of new things and new developments going on in the city um, that I'm very, very proud about. But I love again, it. It, takes, it takes us going to meet our people where they are. And then sometimes we got to yes. go meet our federal folks where they are so they know that we're here and we're not chopped liver. That's why I always say on the council. Like, <laughs> We're a big, a big a county, Bell County, you know, uh, Texas, you know, we've got our population oh, yeah. of 160,000. So we're not just some small fly by night, you know, city here. We have um, a big working population. And so yes. when I talk about um, what, that we love our veterans and we love our, our citizens, then let's show them how much we love them. Let's start bringing stuff what here that's going to actually like? affect their quality of life in a good way. And uh, let's take care of our veterans in a way that's yeah, not just yeah. lip service. I, I like Thank to you, say, counselors. why not Colleen? Yeah. Oh, I, I like it. What'd you, you know, say? Is, can you tell me a reason? If you own a company that supports Fort Hood, oh. and but you're in Waco, 
instead and you need an airfield or airport or we have the largest one in bell county right and the per, the people you support are at this airport why not colleen uh, or if you're a developer and you want to come in why can't you build me something so my my our people don't have to leave colleen mm. I, I agree with jessica there, there, there are times when you you want to take your family out of town just to get away, but on a weekend, you're supposed to be able to go. You should be able to enjoy your city. Like, I, I yes. think I consider Colleen the, the jewel of Bell County. Um, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to have to drive to Austin to go have fun. You want to be right. able to, you should be able to do it in Colleen. Yeah. yeah. And I, and yeah. I saw this in 2000 as a, as a new second lieutenant in the Army. My, me and my buddies. Maybe one day out of the week we might stay in Colleen, but don't come the weekend with Dallas, Houston, so, also San Antonio. So that's another another thing too. You know, when we're talking about our city, it's like, well, with our people, our our constituents here. Now, we in my district, permanently, I do tend to have um, low voter. I think across the board, we experience low voter turnout in our yeah. um, off cycle elections. You know, that's always a challenge. Yep um to get people you know fired up but i think that we've we've done pretty good here getting our our local folks um engaged at least in our, our different districts and understanding the importance of um having somebody who's in the trenches with you i'm not look i'm not interested in being on um tv and and doing all this stuff i'm like rolling up my sleeves if you want to find me let's go come to work <laughs> let's go down here and get in the field with these folks and, and figure out how we can make our city better um but getting our our citizens excited um, it's important that they start to see real wins, like small yeah. wins. So you asked about, again, going back to your question, how do we affect the change? Um, they need to be able to see the wins, right? They need to see like where my mm. boat's going or where's my yes. money. If I have tax dollars I'm paying, where are they being spent? Like I want the transparency of understanding. However, I need to see it. Like we, that's just human nature. So that's another thing that I'm very proud of the fact that, um, especially as I've got a revitalization project going in my downtown area, I've been able to create small ways in which the citizens can see. So as they're working down there, they can see the changes, the roads that have been repaved or um, the activities that are going on downtown that we're doing things differently that's another thing too, doing things differently to get a different outcome versus continuing to do things the doing same the way. Doing the same thing. something yeah. to change. Um, <laughs> and that's, something else that we, that's something else that we have to promote. We have to really think outside of the box here um, as we're starting to make changes across our city. Uh, we can't keep doing business as usual. It doesn't work anymore. Um, you yeah. can't keep having the same conversations and say, why don't you go vote? Go vote. It's important. No, I need to come down. Let me show you why yes. it's important. Then let me show you where your tax dollars go. Um, let me show you how hard I'm willing to work for you um, as long as you're willing to do your part because I cannot do this alone, right? That's been the re-education right. piece, I think, for our citizens is that they do have power, helping them understand that they have power, but giving them something to see that they can have this win. Mm. And then at re-educating them um, is essential because um, we have a lot of folks that you know don't believe that their vote matters or that their voice yeah. counts or um yeah. that there's it's almost, it's almost like we gotta say let's dissolve the city and then everybody will come out and vote and say no <laughs> you know, I, i'm not saying let's do that it's not until you cause a slight disruption because i will say even since i've been on council and prior to the pre, just prior city council have done in the last two years have done a whole a lot of things that you would make say 
I love Colleen. Now we do have some actors that have a tendency to, to bring up things that we want to take a few steps forward, then they want to pull us back in the other direction. But Always. you're in hometown. You should be helping us. Let me be careful because I don't so, want to. No, that's good. So what you're saying is actually a valid point, which also is still answers Erica's question, right? So at the end of the day, uh, the thing that we've done is we're challenging our citizens. So we've got some very noisy folks that are always complaining and uh, it was always like this in the past or back in the day, it was, you know, whatever. So now it's, we don't talk about it unless you have a solution, right? If yes. you're going to complain about something, either you bring a solution to the table or you come sit at the table so we can talk about it and help us uh, figure it out. That's good. Right? I like it. We're not well, having conversations anymore about you just complaining about things and just leaving it on the table so you get a couple sound bites and you just mm, create a fire feel better. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, getting people upset, yeah. making them think, you know, that this we're not doing anything or that there's not something, you know, uh, there's not an opportunity for citizens to have what they need. If there's a real problem, let's talk about it. Let's be about it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, speaking of talking about it and being about it, um, why don't you let our viewers know, uh, each of you, just give a moment, let people know how they can get in touch with you and, uh, and when city council meetings are so they can come down and talk to you guys. Why don't you start, uh, Jessica? Okay, every Tuesday, uh, Clean City Council meets. You can find us at 101 um, North College Street at 5 p.m. on Tuesdays. If you're unable to attend, you can watch us online by going to cleantexas.gov and you can find the general meetings there. And you can watch the live streams of our council meetings. So if you're not able to physically make it, you can watch us online. Um, and this is the website, with, right? That is the website, yes, exactly. And they would just go to government and then they would click for... Um, City yeah, Council. Live streets, Council live streaming. Oh, look at live so streaming. On Tuesday, that's where they would go, and you would click that button right there, and it would take you to the live stream and for the actual council here. meeting. Um, the agenda is oh, there. So you can look at the all subject. the old ones, too. Yeah. Look at what a yeah. wealth of information. Yeah. People. So Everybody so looking at them right now? Yeah. So it's really convenient <laughs> for folks who, um, who, maybe can't get out physically to the meetings for whatever reason there's it's all there and then you can always go back and watch it later um if you're looking to connect with me though um i'm on facebook at jessica g for me um also um through the city website there's a link to my email directly and there's also my phone number and then um, that information is all public <laughs> fantastic all right how about you counselor adams uh, jessica covered the uh city council meetings um also on there, you can, you'll find the schedule for all of our committees uh, that we have appointed to talk about, that talk about issues that's related. The stuff that we're going to be discussing, like our Planning and Zoning Commission, Animal Advisory Committee, all of that, you can reach, you can find that on <clears throat> that same website. Um, yeah. Here's, also oh, on here, there. Hey guys, here's all the city councilor stuff, you guys, just so you guys know. Where is that, uh, where are those committee things? Whoops. Oops. If oh, you, I click you can actually, if you there, type, right there. yeah, you see it. Board and then on the homepage, you'll see a, um, a schedule ah. of the upcoming meetings. Because our committees also have to follow the uh, 72 hour notification under the Open Meeting Act. Ah, um, okay. All right. You can, you can also find me on Facebook at uh, Councilmember Riacos Adams. Um, and then my campaign page is Elect Riacos. Uh, and my website is riacosforcolleen.com. All right. Um, All right. So you guys are available. You, you've made yourselves available. You're yeah. easily accessible. 
you are ready to do work. You're not just talking about it. You're being about it. That's right. Um, and then if you would just in closing, if you want to just say anything in particular, um, as we're getting ready to close out black history month about, um, you know, any message that you might have for your fellow black Americans before we close. Go ahead, Mr. Adams. <laughs> so I've, I love my culture. Um, I'm an American. I, I'm a veteran. Um, this is our country. Uh, mm. We all have, whether we're black, white, Latino, Asian, whatever, some of many of us have bled for this country, and many of us have made paid the final sacrifice for this country. Mm -hmm. um, you don't let anyone tell you that this is you don't have a right, that this is not your concern. This is you, you shouldn't care. Everything that happens, it affects you in some way, fashion, or form. You have to take ownership. Even if you don't directly own, let's go back. We need to go back to it being a village. And Eric, if I may, I forgot to mention earlier that we will be publishing on the website the applications for our summer youth employment program. Right now, it's 20 slots. Hopefully, I can get uh, Jessica and a few other council members to support putting more money on it so we can make it bigger. <laughs> but that's something the council approved last fall, and we're doing cool. it this summer. Um, but in order to make Colleen better, you have to be a part. Challenge us, hold us accountable. And that's don't right. sit us there and say and leave it up to us. Come out and support at the same time. That's right. That's right, you guys. Everybody watching, make sure, especially if you're in Colleen, reach out to Counselor Gonzalez, reach out to Counselor Adams, tell them what you want to them to do. Um you, like the like they said, you may not be able to make every meeting, but if you read the agenda, if you know what's going on in the city, shoot them an email, shoot them a message on their website, let them know what you're thinking, let them know what you want, because otherwise they're just going to do whatever they feel like uh, or whatever they think is best. So and it's it's not just Counselor Gonzalez and Counselor Adams that are like that. That is every elected official out there. If you don't tell them what you want them to do, once you send them there, not mine. They're gonna do whatever they want. <laughs> right. And tell us before we vote. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, after, don't you don't like it. <laughs> because I I will say if, if I don't agree with a, if if I like something but majority of my constituents don't, I have to bite the bullet and suck it up and say, well, I don't like, and I've done it before. We've had to. I like this, but my constituents don't, so I have to vote no. They said no. And we've been I'm here representing also you. something um, recent, and I know we're wrapping up just real quick, but um, I just want to say that it's important that uh, they see that and they hear that because um, yeah. we have had constituents who maybe in the past felt like their voices weren't heard and they never got to see their um, their concerns in action. But recently mm -hmm. we've had a neighborhood that came to council in full force, the whole entire neighborhood um, over an issue that was um, raised and they voiced their concerns. They wrote their letters. They sent us emails. And at the end of the day, we were able to say, we heard you. We saw you and now we stand with you and we're going to make the decision on your behalf because you came to your point. And look and at it, worked see? beautifully. It was what beautiful. What is it? What is it? The answer's always no if you never ask or how does yeah. that expression go? Yeah. No. 
Cold mouth don't get fed. A closed mouth doesn't get fed. That's right. That's right. All right. Thank you, Counselor Adams and Counselor Gonzalez, for being Thank with us you. today. I appreciate you taking the time to talk about local government, um, about race issues in America. You know, we, we really got in in an hour. We talked about a lot of yeah. topics. I, I love um, to come back. <laughs> heck yeah. Well, you know, what I was thinking, you know, you, you both mentioned, you know, the like one of the most important things, and I agree with you is communication and conversation. Because mm -hmm. I always say that lack of proximity is one of the greatest obstacles to understanding one another. Uh, you know, growing up in Vermont, that is 99.9% .9 white. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up around people other than white country people because mm -hmm. I lived in Vermont, surrounded by other white country people. You know, and it wasn't until I moved out of that state and started really meeting people that it was like, oh, oh, this is what that culture is like, or oh, this is what that means. And, you know, I remember the first several dates with my husband being like, you can say that? I can't say that. I thought that was a bad thing to say. You know, and they're like picking on it, and it's all this stuff. And it was, I mean, it just was so mind-bogglingly different to be around people after I, I met my husband who grew up in clean because he grew up in such a multicultural, multiracial community. They don't care about the same stuff and they're not mm -hmm. fighting and they're not bickering. When I say they, him and his friends, they're not, they're not demonstrating this bull crap that I'm seeing you guys say on the news. They're picking on each other about each other's race. They're 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 joking about each other's stereotypes, and and nobody's being offended or mad because everybody knows that we're all human beings, and stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. And who cares? They're actually poking uh, fun at, the, at adults that are making that a big issue. Exactly, and so it was so it was one of those things. And I said to him, I said, you know, if you never grow up around black people. How would you know what it's like to be a black person or what they deal with? You know, even mm -hmm. little things like you guys don't use the same hair products we do, you know, <laughs> and it's, but if you never are around people, you don't know, you can't know. And it's the same if you're a black person that grows up in Louisiana and, or, or Georgia, and you're never around white people or Hispanic people or country people, whatever, right? Like, uh, city people and country people have a hard time getting along sometimes. Lack of proximity. And so the more conversations we have, the more open we are and the more vulnerable we're willing to be with one another and not make it a judgy thing. Yes. Uh, yep. the, the better off we will be. Yes, and because I, rem I remember when Benjamin, I'd never dated a black guy before. And so there were things I would say or things that would come up and Benjamin would be like, don't say that. <laughs> I know it's totally fine to say that word in any other context, Don't say but you that. can't say it about me, you know, and, but, but there was no, there was no judgment. There was no, like, you're stupid or how dare you not know that? It's like, of course I wouldn't know that. Why would I know yeah. that? And so if we can bring some of that level down and just kind of understand that we are, <laughs> We all are ignorant of each other. Yeah. And it doesn't make us bad. It just means that we need to learn. There's what, 54 sub-American -sub cultures? Because we got 54 states and territories. Wow. And even oh in each God. one of those, 
there are additional subcultures to subcultures. I, I, like I said, I grew up in a predominantly black DC, but there are still certain parts of the city that are going to be different. Like one part of the city, like their mumble sauce tasting this way, another part like it this way, another one this way. But some one part like go-go plate this way, another part like, but it's still, you got subcultures and subcultures. That's what's supposed to make this country. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Are you kidding me? I love it. Why is it cultural appropriation if I want to wear your cool shirt? It's a cool shirt. I want to eat your food. I want to learn all about it. Oh my goodness. Anyway, I'm digressing. I said I was wrapping up and then I got all like excited again. All right, guys. So we're going to, we're going to wrap it up for the today. Let's talk about doing us another conversation. That was the point That's of what I was saying. Yeah. Let's, yes. let's have a round table conversation. Let's see if we it. can get something scheduled where we can just get a bunch of random people around the table and see if we can offend each other. Uh, okay. Or come to some sort we'll of not offend each other. Not offend. Get over the offense. That's what I'm talking about. All right. I love it. All right. Thank you, Counselor Gonzalez and Counselor Adams. Look forward to having you both back on again. And uh, and uh, we're going to take us out, you guys, today with a little advertisement for uh, my book. As, as many of you know, Benjamin and I are uh, authors now. And you can get our book, Reasons to Trust the Government, on Amazon.com. So go check it out. All right. This book will give you wings. wings. What kind of wings? Not like Icarus wings, like eagle's wings. What about dragons? You'll have dragon's blood. You'll be able to breathe fire. Fire like the Ultra Eagle Dragon Guard. This book will make you smarter. Yes. I'm not just talking honorable smart. I'm talking Nikola Tesla Tsar! You'll be so good looking, Brad Pitt will be jealous! Do you want to make money? How much money? Elon Musk money. That's a lot of money! People will think you're Elon Musk, but you're not Elon Musk, but they'll think you're Elon, Elon Musk because you pay taxes like Elon, Elon Musk. Musk! And you have to argue with Elizabeth Warren because she thinks you're Elon Musk! Do you want freedom? How much freedom? All the freedom! Yeah. One to America, how much freedom do you want? America! D D Double America! Yeah! yeah.